I really can't imagine a better place to be than here with, with family. Ah, oh, Merry Christmas. This is a first for me. I have never been to church on Christmas Day. I've never actually gotten to preach a message on Christmas Day. This is like, this is my final check in the box. I've, I have accomplished everything after today. Oh man, one of the benchmark days of, of our year. And I love that we get to spend it together. This Advent season, we have been presenting Jesus as the blessing to be received. The blessing of hope and peace, but also the blessing of the living water, the bread of life. And today, Jesus is presented as the blessing of the light of the world. Centuries before the birth of our Savior, the prophet Isaiah promised that Jesus would come. That the plan of God would see the gift of a Savior and would offer a way back. A way back to right relationship with the Father. The prophecy began like this in Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I feel like that should get an amen. Amen. The time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled. There will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Darkness often is used in Scripture as a symbol of sin and a, sin, a symbol of separation from God. It's often contrasted with light as a symbol of forgiveness and the presence of God. Darkness is a symbol of sin. We see in John chapter 3, verse 19 through 20, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. The Proverbs writer writes this in Proverbs 4, But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. And then Paul in Romans writes, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Darkness also, in Scripture, we see symbolizing the ignorance of the truth. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, Satan, who is God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. And then also he writes to the church in Ephesus, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Not just a symbol of, of ignorance, but also darkness symbolizing the inability to find the right way. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 59 writes, So there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime, we stumble 
as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. In 1 John chapter 2, But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Darkness symbolizing the inability to find the path of righteousness. Darkness symbolizing the ignorance of the truth. Darkness also symbolizes times of trial. We see in Job, so I looked for good, but evil came instead. I waited for the light, but darkness fell. In Psalm 143, my enemy has chased me. He's knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. The specific darkness and despair that Isaiah was talking about, the darkness that we see as a theme throughout all of Scripture through this meta-narrative, can be related to a general darkness, a general darkness and despair that we can even feel now, today, making these words as applicable to us as they were for the Jewish remnant that heard the words straight from the prophet's mouth. The darkness is the reality of separation from God, the reality of a center of order that is not him, the reality of nature, creation, experienced in a manner not intended by the creator. The chaos that results from pursuing the world rather than God. Answering the need to be filled with things other than the living water and the bread of life. The darkness for Israel came from the collective and repetitive decision to be about self rather than God. The nation of Israel rejected their very identity as God's chosen people rejected this and becoming like everyone else. Submitting to the world made Israel slaves to the world and darkness and despair descended on the entire nation because the nation turned away from God. In our time, there are those that have turned away from God. There are those that don't know that there's a God to turn to. The words of the prophet resonate because the darkness and despair that were real because of the separation of God for them, is real even in our midst today. Culture presents a path that leads us to modes and mechanisms of fulfillment that leave us hungrier and thirstier than when we began seeking. Just as Jesus was the answer to the darkness then, he remains the answer now and is the only answer that could be. Jesus represents the original plan of reconciliation, the original plan of God, reconciling his creation to himself. Jesus is the light that answers the darkness. John chapter 1 presents that to us in this way. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
He came into the very world he created, but, he, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They were reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So light then, often used in Scripture as a symbol of the presence of God in this world. And we see it here associated with the Word of God, the salvation brought about by God and the, in the person of Jesus Christ in this presentation of glory. This is why I love tradition so much of lighting the Advent candles, but then on Christmas Eve with the, the Jesus candle in the middle, taking a light from that candle, and we see it spread out to the congregation as we worship together, all holding a light. That light that represents coming from Jesus and spread is such a good representation of what John is talking about here. To mark the birth of Jesus today is to celebrate the blessing of the light of the world that pushes back the darkness and the inbreaking of the glory of God. Revelation 21 says, And the city has no need for sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is the light. In Habakkuk 3, I love using Habakkuk passages just because it gets me to say Habakkuk. And it, it feels like when we say Habakkuk, it's like, like we're like from the deep south. Instead of like trying to be like, you know, really academic and say Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3. His coming is brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. That is an awesome verse. Hebrews 1. The writer of Hebrews gives us light as a symbol of Jesus Christ. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our own sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is the blessing that we receive today as the light of the world, the answer to the darkness. In one of the statements that Jesus makes about himself, a revelation of his identity is captured in, in John chapter 8. Jesus, at this point in his ministry, he's on the radar of all the religious people of his day. The ones that, that used rules and regulations to profit off of those that sought the Lord. The ones that, that used also rules and regulations to create barriers between people and God. The very people crying out from darkness, seeking the light. The barriers placed by these people. Jesus comes and harshes their mellow. Mellow so harsh that they need to find an excuse to shut him up. So they try to put him in a position where he might say things out of line that they can arrest him for. And he's good at it because he answers them in every time. 
and he blows them away. He puts them in their place. You think about John chapter 8, the way that it starts with the, the, the woman caught in sin. And the way that he answers them with a shrug. Sure. Let the one without sin cast the first stone. What happens after that is another example of Jesus harshing the mellow of those that are trying to catch him. Verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees, with their mellow, truly harshed, replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid, even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. I am the light of the world. Jesus is in the temple and in this place uh, near the treasury, he's in the, the court of women, a place in the temple that women could join in worship with the rest of the nation of Israel. This is during a festival called the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And one of the traditions on this eight-day party was that when the sun went down, the priests, the ones that Jesus was mellow-harshing, would light... You don't know what harshing your mellow is? Oh my goodness. We have a lot of work to do in 2023. So, all right, what I need you to do is, uh, is uh, just as a family, as you go home, watch Dazed and Confused. All right? And, and, and after that, just remember, it's your fault that I had to talk about Dazed and Confused. For, <laughs> and then anything from Cheech and Chong. That's <laughs> now... All right, so back to Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, now I'm, I'm, give me a second here. Let me find my place in my notes. I apologize on behalf of Yeah, that's <laughs> Oh, man, so we're at Feast of Tabernacles. This is uh, the, the, the way that they would, every, every night when the sun would go down in the temple, and remember, the temple really is in a place on the hill where it can be seen in, in the valleys, it can, see, it can be seen from the, the whole region. And in some very strategic places, there were these four giant candelabras. And I had to Google what candelabra meant. It's just a big old candle holder. And the, all the, like tons of candles, huge torches. We're talking torches. They would light these torches that would backlight the, the temple. And it would illuminate it for the whole, like you just look and you would see all of this light that was a, beacon, a beacon towards the temple. 
And as they're being lit, this is when Jesus stands up. As they're lighting the, like, part of the ritual, this religious time, they're lighting these candelabras. Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world. This was a huge statement, not just the words. Where he was, when he chose to say it, this was a big deal. The light was symbolic of God's glory. Light also being that navigational beacon that leads people and helps people find their way. The light, all of those things that, that, that darkness is represented in Scripture, light is the opposite. When we think about the term to bring to light, light helps us see what we need to see in order to address what needs to be addressed. Light can bring comfort and security, but it also it pushes back the darkness. These all fall in line with what Jesus revealed about himself on that night. Jesus began this teaching as the light was extinguished. And William Barclay paraphrases what Jesus was teaching this way. William Barclay says, You have seen the blaze of the temple illuminations piercing the darkness of the night. I am the light of the world, and for the man who follows me, there will be light not only for one exciting night, but for all the pathway of his life. The light in the temple is a brilliant light, but in the end, it flickers and dies. I am the light which lasts forever. Through this sustaining presence, we experience God in Father, Son, and Spirit as provider, healer, rallying point, sanctifier, bringer of peace, shepherd to his people, all power, bringer of righteousness, and the God that is present with us. God as provision against the darkness, God also as remedy for the darkness. Back to the prophecy from Isaiah. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Centuries later, the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew 4, says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where, dark, where, where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Isaiah tells us a light will shine. Matthew preaches to us that a light is shining. John chapter 12, we see, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Because this is true for us today on Christmas, we, we can own the reality. Also, not only is it true to us, it's true through us. God's people rescue others from darkness. Two other passages from Isaiah. Isaiah 42, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to, the, to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. As we turn back to worship, another passage in Isaiah speaking to us today on Christmas. Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine for all to see. 
for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine. Your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. So today, on Christmas, we can turn back to worshiping with this. Arise, vineyard. Let our light shine for all to see. The glory of the Lord has come to shine on us. The darkness that covers the world around us will be pushed back by the glory of the Lord that appears over us. Jesus is here, and Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. I'll ask everyone to stand.